0: Welcome to Elevate the Day. Karen and I are excited to be with you to share God's Word as well as practical ways that you can grow your relationship with God through His Son, Jesus. Be sure to tune in each week and tell all of your friends so that you can elevate their day too. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to Elevate the Day. My name is Jennifer Cavello, and I am so happy to have you all here today. We have a special guest today, but first I want to introduce my lovely co-host, Karen Salisbury. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. So today we have special guest, Jeff Bardell, with us, and he has an amazing, amazing, amazing testimony to share with us. So welcome to the show, Jeff.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Um, we're we're excited, and we know the listeners are going to be blessed with your story. So I'm going to turn it over to my good buddy, Karen, to open it up, and off we go.
2: Well, Bardell and I know each other. We work together at Kenneth Hagen Ministries in Tulsa. Jeff's a writer. I'm a writer. Jennifer's a writer. We're all writers. And uh, Jeff has a book. In fact, you got a picture of the book there, Jeff. It's called, If I Would Have Died That Day? Yeah, If I Would Have Died That Day. That's a pretty dramatic title. And so why don't you just start right in and tell people about that day?
1: Well, that day, uh, I was 18 years old at the time. I I had graduated from high school about a month earlier, about four days from my college orientation. I was working at a glass factory with a bunch of guys that I went to high school with, played baseball with, that kind of stuff. And... It was my 10th day on the job when I had my accident. Uh, The machine that we were working on that day, all the safety equipment had been removed from it, which not super smart, but you know, it happened. And the glove on my right hand got caught inside of a machine called a screw auger. And for, you know, the listeners, viewers that don't know what a screw auger is, if you can just picture a giant screw with a casing that kind of goes around the outside of it, That's what we were using. And so as this giant screw was turning, uh, what happened was my glove got caught by one of the threads of that giant screw. And so my arm got wrapped around the inside of the machine and I don't go into too much detail anymore because I've had nine people pass out over the years. So I I should probably come with a warning label at some point, but um, but needless to say, it was very painful. the machine actually started to pick me up off the ground. I was being pulled in head first when somebody finally got the machine turned off. At that point, I was about six inches to a foot from being completely head first into the machine. And with my left arm, I was holding on to the outside of the machine with my left arm trying to slow my descent into the machine. And so when I, I was holding on with my left arm and so when I pulled myself out, my right arm was gone. Um, the guy who had turned the machine off, he stood there and stared at me for a second. And then he just turned around and took off running. And I was like, dude, where are you going? Um, I didn't know where he was going, but I knew I didn't want to be by myself. So I took off running after him, which is not the smartest thing to do when you're losing a lot of blood, but I had never had my arm ripped off by a machine before. So I was kind of learning as I was going. And so ran through this factory, uh, to an office that was about 50 to 75 yards away and I ran up to, because as we were running, I'm like, I don't know where he's running, but I remember that the office was there and there's a phone or there might be somebody there that could help me. And so I ran up to this office and there was this big giant plate glass window and I just stood there at the window looking in. I didn't knock on the window. I didn't open the door and say, Hey, does anybody here have a band aid or anything like that? Like I just stood there looking in and a little bit of shock, obviously. And one of the guys saw me um, there was three guys in the office. The other two guys said, we can't go out there. They couldn't handle the sight of blood. They would probably passed out if they would have walked out of the door. So he said, well, I'll go help him. But if I ask you for something, get it to me. And so he came out and tackled me down on the ground. And he told me later, he said, I was scared if I didn't get you on the ground that you were in such shock that you were going to take off running again. So he tackles me down on the ground and he starts screaming at the guys in the office, Hey, I need paper towels. And so he said, the door of the office opened and a hand came out holding one paper towel. And so they put it on my arm and it immediately just soaked through and he said, I need more paper towels. And again, the door opened and a single paper towel comes out of the door. And so finally he said, I need the whole roll. And so the guy actually yanked the roll off the wall. They shoved it out. They started wrapping my arm. From there, another guy gets to me, and actually the last baseball coach I ever had, he stuck his hand under my armpit and just squeezed as hard as he could, trying to slow my blood loss. Uh, One of the next people that got to me was my dad. Uh, He had actually gotten me this job for the summer, and so that that was really tough to see the look on his face, and I know for him seeing his only son laying there, I mean, it's kind of a good picture of The father and Jesus, you know, for him to look down and just see what his son's going through. I wasn't dying for the sins of the world. I just had my arm ripped off by a machine, but uh, the analogy is still there. Uh, My dad was actually in such shock that he walked away for a little bit. Um, The next guy that got to me was, he's actually the safety manager at that factory now, and he took his belt off and wrapped it around my arm, just again trying to slow my blood loss. Uh, When he did that, my baseball coach walked over to my dad and said, Hey, Jeff needs you. And so he came back over and knelt down beside me and grabbed my hand and said, let's pray. And so laying there on the floor of the factory, uh, we said the Lord's prayer together. Um, from there, an ambulance got there about nine minutes after my accident, I believe it was. Uh, they took me to the hospital, which was five minutes away. They had already called for a helicopter because they were taking me to a small hospital. They needed to take me to a hospital that was better equipped for a case like mine. So helicopter gets there, they fly me up to Duke University Medical Center, which as a North Carolina Tar Heel fan is the last place anybody wants to go is Duke. I mean, they already root for the devil. It's just, but anyway, um, by the time by the time they got me to Duke University Medical Center, I had lost three fourths of my blood and went in for surgery. And there was no way they could reattach my arm. My arm had been too mangled. And so they were just doing the best they can to repair what I had left. <clears throat> and during that time, there was twice during surgery, I was in surgery for 13 hours and twice during that surgery, I almost died. Uh, my heart rate was in the sixties, which is, you know, pretty normal, but a couple of times during surgery, it just plummeted down into the twenties. So they gave me medicine a couple of times to kind of boost my heart rate back up. and so yeah, I was in surgery for 13 hours in the hospital for 16 days and wow. it was a, uh, it was an adventure.
2: You had, As I recall, you had gotten a scholarship and were headed to college to play baseball. So of course, everything looks different now.
1: Exactly. Baseball was, was my, was my first love. And I always, my, one of my goals in life was always to play college baseball. And so mm-hmm. Losing that opportunity four days before my college orientation was was tough to deal with. But, you know, sometimes you just have to play the hand you've been dealt.
2: So maybe the somebody who's listening has had something devastating happen to them. Not maybe that, even that devastating. You know, when we all hear your story, we think, never mind, I don't have any problems. But, you know, devastating things happen to people. And I know that you struggled with you know, depression and what's next and everything, what would you say to somebody who's facing kind of a devastating situation?
1: Well, life isn't easy always. Um, I mean, you can look at Jesus, Jesus's life, and he lived a perfect life and life still wasn't easy for him. And, you know, I, you read about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and just what he was going through. And it's comforting to know that our Savior can relate to anything that we go through. The hardest times, you know, for me, I didn't know my accident was going to happen. I couldn't imagine if I woke up that morning, July twenty second, 1993. I couldn't imagine if I woke up And somebody said, at 101 today, your arm is getting ripped off. And so that's all I could think about. Jesus knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. So for him to experience that with the knowing that it was coming brings comfort to me to know that he has suffered like I have.
0: Mm.
1: He didn't have his arm ripped off. Um, maybe he wasn't abused by somebody, or maybe you know, he didn't get a cancer diagnosis or anything like that, but he knows what it's like to suffer. And his suffering to me is like blows mine out of the water because he knew it was coming. So it is comforting to me to know that that my savior relates. Mm. And I can relate to him in that way as well. And I've been really in my study time, I've been reading in Psalm 56 and verse eight, and it talks about how God knows our sorrows, like he can count our tears and, and things like that. And, but even through all that, I think it's first nine or verse 10 after that, that says, but even through all of this, God is on our side. Mm. And so even as hard as life can be, you know, like, yes, I lost my arm. It was, I just celebrated the 29th anniversary of my accident. And so it's been a long time ago. um, And that was extremely hard. And I've dealt with some extremely difficult times since then. And sometimes when you're in the midst of the darkest, darkest days, darkest hours, you don't necessarily feel God or you might not experience his presence as much like you, but I think it's more because we're so focused on what we're going through Mm. and not focused on him. So what I've learned is in these really difficult times, if we can turn our focus to Jesus and to our father who loves us so much, it, it reminds me of the story of you know Peter when he was walking on the water. You know the, the storm is going on all around him, but when he's as long as he's got his eyes on Jesus, he's walking on the water. And it's not like he's walking on steel calm water. Yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it was like. Doing jazzercise or some I don't know why I said jazzercise. It's not like anybody's done jazzercise in like 50 years, but that, you know, that's like CrossFit before CrossFit, you know. Um, but walking up and down these massive waves to get to Jesus, and he's doing it. But then he takes his eyes off and he gets his eyes on the storm that's going on around him and his circumstances, and he begins to sink. It doesn't say he sank. I've never begun to sink. I've sunk a lot, but I've never (laughs) begun to sink. I have just sank. And so it lets you know that there was enough faith still there to just keep him from plunging. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that when we're in these dark times, that if we can take our eyes off of ourselves and off of our grim, dire, whatever it might seem situation, that if we can take our eyes off of us and our problem... And put it on him, knowing what he's been through for us, that we rise back to the surface. Because I don't think Jesus had to grab Peter by the cuff of his collar and drag him with his knees all the way down in the water. Like, you know, he helped him up. He's back on top of the water. I imagine Jesus throws his arm around him and says, All right, let's go back to the boat. Um, So, knowing that we have a savior who's done that for somebody in the actual physical it really, if you focus on that, when you're in the dark times, you can picture him doing the same thing for you in your dark times. Mm.
0: So good. That
2: is so good. And I know that you would testify now, 29 years later, that God has been faithful. And I, you know, I know you go around and, and share your testimony. Tell about what, tell us about what you do now.
1: Well, now um, I stepped out about, gosh, six years ago now, into full-time ministry. Um, I, I quit the best paying job I'd ever had with the best benefits I'd ever had. Um, <laughs> just when you start to get comfortable, guys, like, man, that's enough. Um, and so, but that's the thing about a faith walk is it might not always be comfortable, but it's fun. Um, and it makes you rely on him. And so I stepped out and I have been traveling and speaking, gosh, since 1990. I think the first time I preached was in 96. So, but in 2016, I stepped out full time and I've been, I travel around and share my story 99 times out of 100 because, you know, people want to hear the story. It's, I mean, it's pretty cool because I, I didn't get into this part earlier, but when I lost my arm, if you would have asked me, like, what's going to happen to you if you die? Oh, I'm going to heaven. Well, how do you know so? I went to church my whole life, three years in a row. Didn't miss a single Sunday. I mean, that's, that's impressive, you know? And so I gave all could list all these reasons of why I'm good, why I'm going to heaven, but I never mentioned Jesus. And the reason why I named my book, if, if I would have died that day is because I was getting ready to speak at an event. And as I was preparing to go up, God started speaking with me and I, I don't want your listeners or viewers to think I'm weird because it's not like God talks to me all the time. Yes, I am weird, but not for this reason. Um, but God doesn't talk to me all the time. But this is one of those moments that has just, it's etched in my mind. And God, he reminded me that after my accident, I had always said, why me? And I did, I asked God, why me all the time? I gave God a list of candidates who were more qualified to lose their arm than I was. You know, (laughs) anyway, uh, (laughs) stupid, man. Gosh, that was dumb. Um, But I gave God a list of candidates who I thought were more qualified to lose their arm than me. But God, he, he told me, he said, you never asked me why I let you live that day. So I said, okay, well, I'll ask you right now. God, why did you let me live that day? Why didn't I just die and go on to heaven and be with you? And it was this moment he spoke to me and it was audible. Like I heard it with my physical ears. I looked at the girls. I have a girl sitting on this side and a girl sitting on this side. And I said, did you hear that? And they were like, no, we didn't hear anything. But I physically heard it with my ears. And God told me, he said, if you would have died that day, you would have gone to hell. And for the good church going boy who, like I said, was in church my entire life, president of our church's youth group, vice president before that. Um, My senior year of high school, I took a class where we had to like rank in importance from like one to 18. What's the most important thing? What's the least important thing? And my teacher who I'm friends with now, she told me that my senior year, only one student put that eternal life was their most important thing. And that was me. But just because eternal life was my most important thing doesn't give me eternal life. Um, just because I went to church my whole life doesn't make me a Christian. Going to McDonald's doesn't make me a Big Mac, and going to church doesn't make me a Christian. It just makes me a church goer. And so I knew then exactly what I was supposed to share that night. And so I got up and I, I shared that with them. I talked about losing my arm and, you know, what God had shared with me. And I saw seventy. we saw 72 kids come to Jesus that night, and... I told God, I said, I will do this every day for the rest of my life if it keeps one person from going to hell. And so I'll travel anywhere and everywhere. I've I've led people to Jesus over Facebook, text messages. We as believers, we have the greatest news this world could ever have. And we're so guilty of not sharing it. Thank
2: you. So, since you said that, would you right now, Jeff, just pray, lead our lead our listeners in a prayer, and Jennifer and I will follow you in it. Will that be okay? That's great. Let's do it right now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Just if you're if you're listening or watching today and and you need to ask Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, I just want you to repeat this prayer back after me. Just say, Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I confess my sins to you. I believe that Jesus came. I believe that
0: Jesus came.
1: That he died. He died. That he rose.
0: That he rose.
1: That he lives.
0: That he lives.
1: And that he is my Lord.
0: And that he is my Lord.
1: I choose this day.
0: I choose this day
1: to live the rest of my life.
0: Live the rest of my life. For you. For you.
1: In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. And the amazing thing about that is, is like, that's not just hell insurance, you know, like it doesn't just give you eternal fire insurance. Like it's going to change your life down here. But the amazing thing is it now you've prayed that prayer. You're a follower of Jesus. Like you're in the ministry now. Yeah. The ministry of reconciliation and people are like, what's that mean? And I'm not that smart. So I had to look it up myself and it's, just putting people in a right relationship with their heavenly father. And there's so many people that like a friend of mine posted something on Facebook the other day. It was just a simple little Bible verse and the atheist came at him so hard. And I I sent him a, a private message and I'm like, man, they're really angry. And he said, well, you can't, somebody once told me you can't get mad at blind people for not being able to see. That's right. And so that, that really struck a chord and so I told him I said well keep turning the light on because you never know when a when it might creep in a little bit That's right yeah. And so we have this opportunity like this good news isn't meant to be just for my crew and no more you know it's it's for everybody and mm-hmm. so it's our job to share it so th- that's what I would encourage your listeners to do is gosh if if you know Jesus share him with other people Mm -hmm. but what are they going to think about me i don't care what they think about me you know so many people are like well i get uncomfortable when it comes to sharing my faith well i've i've adapted this kind of motto when it comes to sharing my faith is i can't let a moment of uncomfortability for me make somebody else suffer uncomfortably for eternity
0: that's right Mm -hmm. it's
1: just a moment in time for me it's Mm -hmm. eternity for them so it's time for us to get out of our comfort zones and, and mm-hmm. share.
2: Right. So listeners, if you prayed that if you prayed that prayer for the first time, will you please either contact me at org, jennifer at jennifercabello.com, or Jeff at, what's your Jeff. address, dude?
1: Jeffbardale.com, they can go there.
2: Jeffbardale.com. And also on jeffbardale.com, you can get a hold of the book, right? They can order the book, show us the book again. Yes, ma'am. I, I'm moving because I have mine packed. So yeah, there it is. If I would have died that day, I've read it. It's amazing. You don't want to go without it. You should give it to all your friends. Buy a hundred copies. Dole them out to everybody you talk to. It's an amazing book. So Jeff, thanks so much for being with us today. Gosh, what a what a moving interview. I I'm so thankful.
1: Well, I will say this one last thing, and I'm not trying to sell books, Miss Karen. You know that. I wrote the book to lead people to Jesus people that you can't get in the doors of a church. And I've had, I've gotten three emails since my book came out of people who have accepted Christ because of,
0: Amen.
1: and again, this isn't to sell books. It's not to make money. It's about making Jesus famous. Amen. So I appreciate the opportunity to get on here and share my story about what God did for a goofy one-armed white boy. And, <laughs> um, well, you know, he does
0: it for, for all of us. He does us for, you know, goofy girls in Connecticut and, uh, you know, goofy girls in Oklahoma and Tennessee and goofy guys everywhere because that's just who he is because he's exactly. not going to rest till he has every single one of his kids back home where, where they belong. And I'm, I'm just so moved and touched by your story, Jeff, that um, thank you so, so much for being, being on the show today. I, I know our listeners are, are blessed. And God bless you in, in all that you're doing in your work.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Fantastic. So listen, guys, till uh, next week, go get uh, Jeff's book, number one. <laughs> That's your homework. And number two, open up your Bibles and start to read. If, you, if you've if you never opened up your Bible, if you're a brand new uh, listener and just said that prayer, open up your Bibles, read the Gospels. That's how you're going to know Uh, and find out who Jesus is, what his walk was like, and how much he loves you. And so until next time, God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our show today. If you'd like to learn more about Karen and her ministry, head over to karensalsbury.org. She has a great blog and tons of books and resources that you're going to love. Be sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok. Also, don't forget to sign up for my weekly blog, Elevate the Day. It goes out every Sunday morning straight to your inbox. Head over to jennifercavello.com to sign up. And you can also get a copy of my new book, Finding God, Finding Me, which is also available on Amazon. Follow Elevate the Day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next week, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Have a great day, everyone.